that time again. We are back for week three, right? Week three? Yeah, yeah, third time. Yep. Week three, yeah. Um, yeah, we're uh, hoping you're enjoying it. We're, in, we're enjoying it. Yeah. Uh, podcast three is always the hump because that's where you uh, start realizing that you have to do this all the time. But well, thankfully, Dag and I are professionals, so we've already gone through that hump. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. It's yeah. Uh, This is why I only ever do two podcasts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Never do the third done, one. Like, I guess if you count, like, I've done, I did Southpaws, mm-hmm. and then I had an offshoot, the Emo Pod. Mm-hmm. Um, well, no, that wasn't an offshoot. That was a full separate project that I did that. And then my co-host had to quit because she got this big promotion. So I'm, then I can that get, I'm unemployed, died. so I'm not going to get a big promotion. Yeah. You're safe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. so that, that died, and then... When I was doing South Paws, I did an offshoot that I called uh, Yearbook, Mixtape Yearbook. Mm-hmm. And it was like, uh, it was, I released them as like bonus episodes of South Paws. Oh, but it okay. was like basically, I actually didn't even know it was these. basically like, I, I just got people that I like, like Big Dave did it mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. to make a list of like five songs that they uh, loved in high school. I can't wait to talk, talk to Big about Dave, them. but I have no idea what. <laughs> What his hobbies no are? Idea what Big Dave's hobby is besides taking, sending twenty-year-old white boys uh, gifts of two men having sex. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess he gambles. I guess that's his hobby. I don't know. Well, gambling. Yeah. I mean, either he either way, we're gonna talk to him. I'm sorry. It, yeah, it, yeah, I love talking to Big Dave. So we're gonna get. <laughs> yeah, some... he's he's a hilarious guy. To I guess we can just get nephew advice so from him, right? Yeah, yeah, he's such a fun guy to podcast with. It's yeah. so funny when you podcast with him. He comes across so much different than he does online, which is obviously like yeah. kind of like offensive and weird. And then you talk to him like in real life, and he's just like, "Oh, you know, like I love raising my my children. Mm-hmm. They're like be- and he my loves beautiful vo- and wife." He volunteers like, every week. Yeah, he like does. He's like mm-hmm. an incredibly like, sorry for gracious, sorry for like, breaking nice. K Big Big Dave's <laughs> yeah. actually really nice and loves his family. Yeah, it's like so <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah, when you'll talk to him like on podcast, yeah. Yeah, like when we did the mixtape one. Yeah, he's just like like oh yeah, you know like my kids are getting into this music and it's like makes me so happy that they enjoy yeah. this. Bottle. I'm like man, Big Dave, he's you're finally, crazy he's man. He's finally yeah. um, sending me Instagram reels, so he and I have a great Instagram reel relationship now, which I really yeah. enjoying. Because um, yeah. it's better than like WhatsApp, where he sends you a GIF that's questionable, and then it saves onto your onto your image yeah. on your phone, and you're just like, "Why do I have this image of meat spin?" It's like, "Oh, be- oh, that's right, because yeah. we're WhatsApp with Big Dave." Um, yeah, yeah, great guy. We'll, but yeah, we'll, we'll no, yeah, talk to Big uh, Dave. Well, yeah. Other so than he's, uh, Big he's still Dave. mad at me because I um, for Jeremy's birthday we did a thank you chef charity stream, and. Uh, because we Brooks and, and Marcy and myself were doing the standing on the moon, the Grateful Dead tri- Twitch streams where we were picking a Grateful Dead show and then talking about it on Twitch with people from Twitter. We I was like, well, it's Jeremy's birthday and Jeremy loves Dave Matthews band as you do. And I was like, all right, Jeremy, so you're going to pick a live Dave show. And then as part of the charity stream, we're going to fill an hour by listening to the Dave show. And he picked some popular recording of it. Um, I know which one because you've told me this story. It's yeah. uh, live at Piedmont. Piedmont. It's live yeah. at Piedmont Park. Yeah. yeah and, we, Park. and we made so Big, I knew exactly we made Big Dave listen about. to it. And Big Dave is still mad at me for that. He'll still it is like up. the It is like the worst 
like I mean the music is really good, but Dave is clearly super wasted. Yeah, like he, used he to mentions get. on the yeah on he the says like very how weird everybody stuff walking in, in looked beautiful yeah. and hot. And it was like you're on the yeah. bus getting it, horny. It's like so yeah, it's so it's so uncomfortable. Yeah, well, I you know I think he's you know Dave is doing a bit like I think he's he's pretty he's he's like For pretty love, loving like I want to, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> how long? Is anyway, the okay, go ahead. <laughs> Anyways, no, no, I was going to say, I think, uh, yeah, he's just, he's just a goofy guy, yeah. but anyways. Yeah, he's having no, fun. Like, it's what, what year is it? Was this before or after 9-11? That one is, I believe, 04. Oh, okay. So, okay, so it's a post-9-11 yeah, so, bit. Okay. Yeah. Most of the recordings that, like, you have probably heard are probably after 9-11. Really? Because I, I, I was, I mean, I was maybe very, I was very um, moved by his music before Y2K. Before I was worried the oh, stoplights were going to stop working. Yeah, um, I don't know. Yeah, I mean the big the big shows that everybody will tell you to listen to are generally before 2001. Yeah, but uh, yeah. Anyways, before we turn this into various Dave's podcasts, how are we going to um, get books without it? That's true. Well, there aren't many books in the DMV scene it's kind of more yeah i know more, a little more polished okay. Damn. okay yeah <laughs> more like it's more like uh like like nurse nurses and like <laughs> the same people that yeah, go to EDM festivals yeah call center <laughs> managers and stuff yeah well but older like older than the edm people uh but yeah sorry no uh yeah you know i guess we should talk about hobbies huh like what uh what what have you been working on in, well, in the past at, i don't know week or so in the time i've spent not blacking out at alpine valley to see dave um no this i yeah i mean i you know i'm unemployed so now i like you know i'm like okay this is like really the time to break through my my blocker on working on tie-dye stuff because i i'd been working on the warhammer figures and um honestly that oh right right that's really been great um so yeah, they look thanks pretty cool. thanks jane for putting me over the hump on a, adopting the most lame thing i've ever done in my entire life but i'm <laughs> really having a great time painting warhammer orcs and yeah. trying to figure out what i want what i'm drawn to is the the orc faction um the the uh uh that they're the guys who like trucks and they paint their trucks and their cars red because if they're red they go faster so i love those guys i'm into that they just like their cars uh but i did get some dyes off um got some aprons done so i'm gonna post those up and sell some of those aprons um yeah i mean i've been uh really enjoying the warhammer figures i like i did moss on the base Got into that, and then on Tuesday, I got a wild hair uh, that I wanted a king cake on Fat Tuesday, but I wasn't going to go oh, to the yeah, store, yeah, so, I saw I, that. so I busted yeah. out a king cake, two king cakes, um, two king last cakes. minute, and that was really a great joy. It's been a while since I've baked anything, uh, and especially done anything that's essentially king cakes. Just a, if you're not familiar, king cake is just brioche bread that has cinnamon or cream cheese or whatever filling uh -huh. icing on the top and looks green and has a little plastic baby in it that's supposed to be baby jesus and if you get the baby you're supposed to host the party and buy the king cake next year um but that was really fucking good there's still a little bit left no there's not any left at all right now i'm looking i can see the there you go it's empty it's gone it's entirely gone and 
Tuesday, Wednesday, yeah, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, three days. But that's basically what I got up to this week. Baking, painting yeah. Warhammer figures, which again has been really satisfying because it's it's like so tedious and mind numbing that you can't do other things while you're doing it. Um, yeah, which is honestly great. Um, if there's anything that's going to get you to put your phone down and stop fucking around, it's doing something that's very delicate. And uh, yeah, yeah, oh yeah, that's for what sure. I've done this week, and I yeah. I hope to do um, a couple more dies because I tried. I was, I wanted to do because I have this. I don't know if you can see it. I have this Johnny Lightning car. Can you see the flames yeah. on that? And it's the yeah. uh, it's the Shy Town Hustler. Oh fuck, the Shy Town Hustler. You, you painted that? No, 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 no. I, I this is oh. just one I bought at some point, but it's the Shy Town Hustler. It's this Johnny Lightning drag funny car. Um, but it has this yeah. sick flames on the hood. And I was like, man, I should do flames on some dyes. And I tried it on. You know, uh, good. You know what that reminds me is like maybe if you like the Warhammer stuff, mm -hmm. there's that um there's another game, uh, Gasworks. I actually don't know that. And and you use matchbox cars to play it, oh, and like shit. you can set it up like anywhere, yeah. and like it's the the thing is set up to the scale. But like you, but like a buddy of mine was doing it, and like you can like you just take matchbox cars and like make them look like well, Mad Max so, stuff. So, so well, I mean, so maybe look into that. Forgetting, forgetting my entire point. What I was talking to. So the thing about Warhammer is that you you do have to either three D start three D printing stuff, or right. spending fifty bucks a pop, or right. basically be so smart in your purchasing that you can steal pieces that are left over because you can choose like which or faces and heads mm -hmm. you use and you get like three or four left. Oh over. yeah. Yeah. And so then you can start being like, okay, but if I get this one, then I can start building stuff out of the leftovers. But mm -hmm. what I was saying to my buddy, cause he was like, that sounds really sick. I actually would be interested in doing something like that, but I don't know if I can start buying stuff. And it's like, well, but you and I could go and buy like big lots, cheapo army men, and we could still mm -hmm. prime and paint those. And we can call them yeah. whatever the fuck we want. Or, yeah. or even we could just get, like, coins or token pieces and just say those coins with a red dot are, uh, mm -hmm. you know, orc infantry, and these guys are, you know, this, the, that, the other, and then just play the fucking system without spending $500 to do it and how yeah. many man hours. But, you know, yeah. it's because it's yeah. at the end of the day, all you want to do is play a game with your friends. Um, yeah. But the painting in itself is a whole different thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember Jane Jane saying that that she wasn't really interested in playing the game. Exactly. Yeah. No. Like, and that, there's uh, um. Uh, I was just talking to like um like Crushing Bort on on Twitter has been painting yeah. figures and was also like I don't really even think I want to play with anybody. I just kind of want to paint these things. <laughs> I mean, I yeah. would like to play because it's kind of a fun idea. Um, no, it does look cool. But like, I'm doing a. I think we're gonna do uh, like a a game of. Um, killer ratings which is a tabletop role play game tomorrow um mm. which if you're free you're welcome to join but it's basically just it's a reality show and you invent your own characters and then run through it but like after my buddy jackson uh -huh. who we went to bradley with um started like dming through discord for tabletop role play games i'm like okay like now before that i would have not been open to warhammer at all like no way yeah no way would i want to paint figures and then have them be like okay they get 16 inches movement and 
you know, they have this many attack and this many this. Like, no way. But after doing that stuff, you're like, oh, okay, that seems easy enough. That just makes sense. That's how everything works. Every video game you play. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Anyway. True, true. Yeah. Um, Not I guess yeah. this week, what did I do? I didn't really do a lot because I kind of was worn out uh, this week. I had another incident with the Corolla where I hit a pothole. So I was in, uh, I was in the parking lot. I went to the outdoor hockey game, the the hurricanes game. I broke my temporary boycott because of Tony D'Angelo and I went because I got invited. It was very cool. Uh, at the North Carolina state, uh, football stadium. Got it. Okay. It's it's perhaps one of the worst ways to watch hockey mm. that I've ever like. It, I was I had great seats and they were still so far away, um, but it was cool to be out. It was a beautiful night. It was pretty crisp. Uh, I was like forty. Yeah. But anyways, oh, wow. <laughs> so I was. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So uh, so uh, so it was pretty cold. Yeah, I was in my parka. Jesus. Um. So, uh, yeah, so I was in the parking lot and I parked in this gravel lot because, like, it's so, there's so many people there. They, uh, you know, they had all this overfull parking. And this guy in a fucking bro dozer, just like some piece of shit, fucking Ram 2500 or something, like, flies off in front of me and, like, kind of pinned me in. And I couldn't figure out, like, because he couldn't go forward. And so I was trying, I was like, okay, well, Got a little ambitious, and I realized this last night why. It's because there's this the drive, the exit for, for the bowling alley that I bowl at all the time is really steep, and every car I have bottoms on it except for the Corolla. So I was like, okay, well, it's a little higher, you know. And I saw there was like a hole, it was like a pothole or drainage ditch or something on the side, mm-hmm. and I thought I could cut it, and I went too far into it, and I was because I was on a hill just went straight in and it caught the, the bottom lip of the bumper and it ripped it upwards, like snapped the grill in, in a place, bent the bumper all up. So I got to go take it into the body shop now. This is outside um, of your so I, realm. Yeah. Well, I could take the bump. If it had just been the grill and the bumper had just gotten scratched up, I would have tolerated because it's on the very bottom and it's going to get dinged anyways. Like I yeah. accepted that. Yeah. And it's plastic, so it's not like it's going to rust. So it's fine that the paint chips off that. But, yeah, it's all mangled. It's It looks like shit. And, like, I could buy another bumper, but I can't paint. So I got to I gotta just take it to the body shop. It's covered by insurance, at least, since it's like a new car. I, you know, they give you better. It's like, if I had done that to the CRX, they would have laughed in my face if I tried well, to say I would make a claim. You- but... Before you did this, you did go and and run with the out motorsports crew. And do some that was a there. while back, yeah. But that was uh, great right when I got it. Basically, yeah, I did uh, go up. Uh, Jake from Out Motorsports uh, got one as a press car, so we went up. The video just got released, so that's pretty cool. If you want to check out Out Motorsports on YouTube. Uh, they're uh, LGBTQ uh, motorsports enthusiast group and. Jake, who runs it, also does car reviews um, with, you know, he gets sent cars by manufacturers and shit and reviews them. They're great. Um, but, yeah, he got he got one. And, yeah, we went and ran these mountain passes that uh, out by his old college um, that were sweet. Um, so I did get, I have gotten to, like, lay into it a little bit, which is fun. And, and honestly, even on the way home 
after I fucked the bumper up, I was racing with a guy in a Camaro for a good stretch of highway for a bit. And we had fun. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, this car is designed to take, take boost. So hopefully it doesn't melt like the Miata. So I trust the, yeah, no, I'm trying to get the thing I'm trying to get to. uh, And like the weather isn't cooperating with it slash work isn't cooperating with me to get out of doing work when it's nice out. Um, my bonsai trees need to get repotted. A lot of them do. And they're starting because, you know, I'm in North Carolina. They are starting to, uh, bud. Some of them are. And I'm like that, you know, that means I'm a little late because I still need to trim them back Mm. too. But thankfully the ones that are budding were ones that I was letting grow out. Are they to the point now where you are trying to, shape them and, and manipulate them? Or are they still trying to, yeah, still trying to just I have a, cu- I have a couple. Yeah. That are, that I'm trying to get the leaves down and stuff and get like the branches tighter in. Cause that's like much of it is like, so basically bonsai, <clears throat> you grow something and you want it to get, cause like, it's all about managing the scale and to make it look like an actual tree. Right. So you have to get it like very thick and then you basically chop all the tree off. And different trees can take that at different rates of speed. Um, like I have azaleas. You can just fucking hack that thing straight down to a nub <laughs> and it'll just grow right back. So those ones are ones that I'm trying. The problem is azaleas grow slow. So like that's like the trade off. Right. Um, Does but, that make them thicker? Yeah, no. In like the no, so, yeah, azaleas won't, azaleas won't thicken fast because they're a bush they'll just start they'll grow out instead of directing their energy to the bottom so you have to do a lot of pruning to get it to like keep putting energy down in the into the trunk experience is like buying a juniper from home depot every couple years and then keeping it alive for two years well junipers are pretty easy to do quickly because you can generally find like a massive thing and like they also take hacking Mm -hmm. pretty easily Mm -hmm. Um, so I have a couple of those. Um, I've bought a couple. So the other way that you really do it, like to do like really hot, like this stuff that I'm sure you're imagining in your head is not what I have. Um, but uh, yeah, so like you, um, there's people who specialize in growing bonsai. And so they run nurseries and they'll specifically start like trimming stuff down since it's been a seedling and they have like, like I went out to this guy in, in, uh, in, uh, Charlotte and he's basically like an end stage hobby pervert where the, the hobby got away from him. And like his whole backyard, like he has like a half acre and it's like all like pines, like in, in the ground, he's yeah. got azalea, he's got all these junipers. Imagine shit. if all the Christmas and, tree farms were just doing bonsai. Yeah. How so like better he, would the world be? he just kept going and cause that's what you kind of have to do is you just get like a bunch and then you wait for it all. Yeah. And then you can kind of do it. It's like barrel and aging so, whiskey. Yeah. So you can buy stuff that's been, they call it like, uh, you know, like, like bonsai stock or whatever, where a guy, where someone like intentionally, cause like when you go, like I buy all my stuff just in a regular nursery. And the problem is, is that stuff has been, uh, design like the intention in growing that was to like give you an actual tree that you plant in your yard. So like for instance, like all the pine trees, they didn't get trimmed back, so they're just like really tall and skinny. And so like you'll never get that to look like a bonsai tree because it's it's too it's too tall. Like and so if you trim back, 
to the point that you want it to go back to, there's no leaves even left on the tree and it right. just dies. Right. So, yeah. yeah. So I'm trying to get, I'm trying to get <laughs> all that stuff repotted. Cause that's the other way you control the size is the pot itself. Uh, you're restricting the growth yeah. uh, because it can't like put out more roots. And so it won't, it won't grow. Up I mean, if you anymore. do it all right, I mean, you cut back to like a third of the root. When you like, well, but you also, depending on the tree, have to do that really slowly, or else you kill the right. tree. Yeah, so you true. kind of like yeah. shrink the pot. You sh- you start shrinking the pot after you get to the thickness that you want, and then because <laughs> that's really what you need to do. Because to get really get them to grow thick, you just have to put them in the ground. It's like very weird. You could put it, you could put, and this guy out there, he showed it to me. He said I had these two maples, and he's like I planted them both 15 years ago. He's like I planted one in the ground. I planted one in this huge fucking barrel right. that the tree wouldn't have any idea that it wasn't in the ground. Yeah. He's like, for whatever reason, the one in the ground grew so like, he yeah, like I mean, showed the, me the two the and like, it's like twice the as soil thick. of nutrients is way better than anything we could try to make. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe the plants are communicating to each other. Who fucking knows? I, you know, crazy that, like, There's all that mycelium shit where they're just like the, the mushrooms tell all the trees what's going on. I mean, especially with and when pine that trees, shit goes away, have... the fucking forest is fucked. I buy it. I buy pine, it. I pine care. trees do have, pine trees do have uh, some kind of symbiotic relationship with uh, some kind of mushroom yeah. spore thing. 100%. And so, yeah, that is a big part of it is, is certainly is that like, it does, isn't inoculated or whatever enough so but yeah it's wild but yeah so i'm trying to get that um you know i got some succulent i got a couple ficus and stuff that have been my wife built my wife built this beautiful greenhouse uh a few uh like last year did you get any ramps so they're in that ramps no it's too hot here for ramps (laughs) yeah we don't get ramps you gotta go up to Asheville for ramps yeah and the morels that we don't get those here huh Okay. That's yeah, yeah. We don't. It's unfortunate. It's too hot. Yeah. Because like basically right now would be morel season because it's been really damp. Like we get all sorts of other mushrooms. There's it's good mushroom hunting. Maybe I should try and get into that this year. Yeah, I mean the guy. The guy mushroom. that I. I'm afraid of mushroom hunting. I'm not gonna lie. I'm afraid of it. Because... Yeah. No. So the guy, the guy yeah. that I trust, from ba- <laughs> the guy that I trust from back home, um, we went out. My buddy Andrew and I went out with him. This is years ago now. We he like he knew the farmer who's who had a area behind his place that had all the right trees and all the right whatever you need. And we went out looking and we probably only found six or seven morels, but we hit the fucking ramp honey holes and we hit them hard. And we had a great time. They were all over we yeah, had back a great home. Time. Yeah, just pick pickled ramp. Ramp olive oil yeah it's infused ramp butter i still got ramp butter in my fridge man just putting it on top of stuff it's amazing. they're delicious Incredible. great but it's so weird like that stuff i like, like got to the point that i i like hated it because i was like oh this is like too like i've had it so much it's yeah. like not special anymore and now i'm like man you bozo <laughs> well <laughs> but, but what i was going to say is that his thing was that whenever he wanted to try something. So if he hadn't prepared and consumed pheasant back mushrooms, his thought was, I'm going to read about it. I'm going to find it in the woods. I'm going to think about it and study it for a year. Yeah. And his thing was like, for one year, I'm going to find it and look at it and check it out. And like, you can look under the bottom of it. Like, are the pores all dried up? Is it fucked? Is it gone? Is it done? And Uh he was like, and then the next year I'll cook it in butter and see what goes on. But like, 
I'm not going to immediately eat it until I have a pretty good sense of what I'm doing. Uh-huh. I feel like that's a pretty no, good I mean, approach mushrooms from the woods. I mean, like, I feel like you have to, like, check the spores on anything that's, like, that has an analogous one that will murder you instantly. Because, like, people who are, like, experts in it, like, they die all the time. Like, you, I feel like I see a story, like, at least <laughs> twice a year that's, like... Some guy who like mushroom on it for like thirty years was like, "Yeah, no, this definitely isn't like the the fucking uh, devil's puffball or whatever." Oh and man, fucking I, dies instantly. Yeah. I loved kicking those the puffballs that you just yeah. like you boot it like a kickball and it just explodes. Yeah, like, we used to scores. chuck them at each other in oh, Boy man. Scouts a so lot. Yeah. Sick. Oh man. What yeah. Man. Well, uh, I actually I want to call an audible on the thing you want to talk about. I'm canceling it. What I oh, want to yeah. discuss for a second is I think we should bring up. Uh, Matt Walsh, because uh, he had an incident this week. Uh, I mean, outside the normal mm-hmm. hateful bigotry they spews. But Matt Walsh, his canceled I, I followed. <laughs> I follow. Yeah, I followed his uh, kind of brand, you know, for for a few years now, and I noticed that Matt Walsh is a serial hobby giver upper, <laughs> and he, he so. First, and she confirmed all the things that I've noticed in these tweets. So, uh, if you could pull them up while I kind of lay the story, if you can find them, yeah, um, I think you will probably find the thread if you go through mine. I, I, I definitely, I mean, I replied so, to his wife, and I was like, "Thanks for sharing." Yeah, okay. So, if you can find Man, it, that's so, the most um, destroyed I've ever seen anybody. So, so it was so funny. She did, was I can't like, believe it, I can't believe, him, he, I can't believe the end wasn't even I'm divorcing him. It was just like a nice, I know I'm still his so child wife. Like, <laughs> like, she sounds repulsed by it. Anyways. Yeah. So, so a little background <laughs> is, so I've noticed, I noticed this when I started playing the banjo, I noticed that Matt Walsh claimed in his bio at the time, he says, I am a beekeeper and banjo player. So I spent, I spent like a year, basically. It's like plausible. I could not, could never find. Well, I could never find any, any instance of him playing a banjo. I searched all over for it. I, I the best I could find was one time he pulled it out on Shapiro's podcast, <laughs> okay, and he well, didn't play it. Well, never played I mean, it. But you could, you could, and cite you could that see it. Wikipedia. But if you watch his, if you watch his videos. It's always on the wall. He has the banjo on the wall. Mm-hmm. But Very then nice. one day, banjo player disappeared from his bio. <laughs> so I go, okay, okay. <laughs> so the beekeeper thing is still in there, though. <laughs> like, so you no, I just kept tabs on it. I just kept tabs on it. I just kept tabs on it. And so then, then, so then I watched the beekeeper thing. Could never find anything of him beekeeping, doing anything with bees. Never post pictures of the bees. Nothing. One day, beekeeper disappears from the bio. Oh, no. So, you know, I kind of forget about it. I go, okay, well, Matt Wallace, you know, this is part of, like, how big of a fucking loser he is. But it's he not just, a stable like, website, buys, to be fair. He just, he just buys something and then immediately says he's the guy. Like, he he's, like, he's, like it's, his, it's in his soul now. And then never pursues it. And so then the other day, Matt Walsh's wife posts about he got a fish tank or something and like is totally inept. The fish tank uh, caretaker, he called like the geek squad of fish tanks. Yeah, I mean, which, you know, like if you're setting up a large 
saltwater tank or something like yeah if i had the money i would probably maybe call someone to help me like stock like you know get it get it prepped you know it's not really rocket science so i probably still wouldn't but like i guess if i was like i guess if i was like matt walsh rich i would be like ordering like a custom 70 or thousand gallon acrylic tank and shit and like we'd be like you know get i'd be like you know having guys bring it in and we'd be like some you know laying cement foundation in the in the floor and like that kind of shit so but no he's as far as i can tell probably got at best maybe like a 200 gallon salt water is like what i kind of inferred from this situation so his wife is like complaining on twitter she's like matt like doesn't realize like he has to like like the, the fish guy like telling me that like matt like uh like melted out the heater because it's like 25 percent full yeah the water <laughs> starts evaporating like they can't stock they can't put the stock that he brought in because like it's going to shock the fish because like the, the water has it come up the temp and blah, blah, blah. And then, so then at the end, uh, if you, do you have the tweet, the one where no, she's cause I replied, the dog? Cause, cause I replied okay. to her and I was just like, Hey, thanks for sh- like, thanks for sharing this. Like this is really helpful for anyway, everybody to see this. <laughs> so she goes, she goes, Matt, Matt, Matt's bees flew away. <laughs> The dog hates him, and he can't even figure out that fish need water to, like, survive. And it was just so redeeming because, you know, Matt Walsh, for other reasons as well, but, you know, for the intents of the hobby perverts, he is the anti-hobby pervert. Like, yeah. he's the he's the guy who just buys something, and he thinks that's the hobby. That's it. Like, oh, I buy the one thing, and I immediately lose interest. Like, he... But the, the the other like the other part of it that's fine whatever like if you buy something and you end up not using it yeah that happens or whatever but he then proceeds like tell everybody that he's about the life like he like he he put it in his bio like the thing that you use to describe who you are as a person he puts fascist and beekeeper like <laughs> you know and then it turns out he wasn't even beekeeping so I, I think it just speaks to kind of this deep rot with like more specifically like right-wing people is that they love to just like take like consumer capitalism and like believe that that's like an ethos or something like because i purchased stuff that's why we make fun of people with the big trucks that like bought lifted trucks from the dealer and we make fun of how do we what do we do to class up pavement princess like how do we get that to where it really deserves to be called I don't necessarily have a problem with lifted trucks. Like, I, you know, I have many opinions about trucks, but like, I'm willing to admit that they're fun. And I understand the culture of like, why you'd want to do it. Like, mm-hmm. whatever. Is it for me? No, not at all. But, well, um, but you did like when you drove thing, some Jeeps in Puerto Rico. So, no, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, but those were not, those were not modified in like, those weren't uh, like aesthetically those pleasing ways. Those weren't, yeah. <laughs> yeah those, those weren't GMC Sierras that will never snip yeah. dirt. Like a dealer lift. Like, like that's the thing is like you, like a lot of these guys want to give off this impression that there's a kind of person that puts in the work. Mm-hmm. And but what they do is they go and they buy like it's like and it's they, like they're the, they're the you're the they're the, guy, the, um, the foreman on the site. <laughs> yeah, Jesse Kelly, like the guy who's in he's in the Matt Walsh universe. Remember when he was like, oh, 
like, yeah, just doing manly shit, like building a shed. And it was like a fucking like plastic prefab that like snaps together. It's like, they like, like these guys like love to give off this image that they're the person who like, who like puts thought into things and and they, but no, they just buy it off the shelf. Well, right. And that's at the end of the day, it's like, there's, there's somebody who puts together an Ikea shelf and a master craftsman who builds you a dovetailed beautiful dresser that will never not close its doors perfectly at the end of the day both people built a dresser there's a dresser right but like but there's a very different way that they got to what they did well it's not the difference like i'm I'm also saying that there's not necessarily anything wrong with buying like a dealer lifted truck like or like an off-road ready car. Like if you want to buy a Raptor or whatever, like yeah, do I think it's a bit of overkill? Yes, absolutely. Just buy a fucking Tacoma. Guarantee but like, that you couldn't outdrive the power of a turbo CVT Outback XT. You couldn't outdrive right, it. You don't know how the to thing handle is, it. The thing is, I get it. If you want it, but that's the thing, the difference is there's two things. Like so if you want to buy those things because you just want to go, it's like we were talking last week. Like sometimes you just want to pay for somebody else to do one thing mm-hmm. so you can get into other and another yep. thing. So if you wanted to buy like the trail boss Bronco or something, I do. And, and it's because you wanted to go off-roading and you don't want to spend another year and a half setting up a Tacoma to off-road. Right. Right. That's, that's one thing. Like that's fine. Yeah. You can do that. Like, and I don't, and I think people who say that that's bad are gatekeeping and they're being kind of sure. dickheads. Like, sure. would I find as much reward doing it that? No, not personally. But I don't think that you're a failure of a human being. The difference is, is that like these people don't even show an interest in any part of like why you do these things. Yeah. They just want to give off this air that they're. Yeah. Like in their case, masculine yeah. is like what they want to do because being a guy who does like have knowledge about these kind of like in our, in the case that we're talking about, like kind of like gritty or dirty or kind of complex and like, you know, I mean, what things they want to give off the air that they, that they know yeah. these things, but they have no interest in ever learning about it. Right. Right. The bees fly away because they didn't even spend any time learning about bees. Right. They just bought a beehive. I mean, that was the entire, the entire undoing of the beauty of micro doing dirty jobs. Is that he's a yes. fucking horrible, filthy Republican piece of shit who he's fucking hates everybody. And the fact that he's talking shit about everybody that he talks to on all these jobs he's condescending every person he's like this guy crawls into fucking porta johns every day and blasts him with a hose but he's not like but that's what he has to do to make his family well it's not even that he's just like this guy's a fucking idiot isn't he an idiot he's fucking stupid that's his whole thing his case is a lot of like he wants to give off the air that he was willing to be like, cause like his whole thing is like, Oh, well people need to learn trades or whatever, which, you know, I, I sort of agree. I get yeah. that the, there's a, there's a, there's a better way to, to, to deal with those kinds of things. But um, his whole thing was being like, Oh, like we need people to go into this, but I wouldn't, I never would. Yeah. I'm a fucking, I, I went to opera singing school mm-hmm. and like, but I want to sit around Good and jobs. talk about like how, how people like me, 
are worthless and they should have learned to clean toilets. And it's like, but he's not honest about the fact that he's one of the people he's trying to claim are like not willing to clean the toilets yeah. and shit. Yeah, <laughs> like, absolutely. You know, absolutely. Like he wants to hide that fact. And then, I, yeah, I, that's, scrubbed that's very I, I scrubbed a toilet today. I'll tell you that. I scrubbed a toilet and I'm, I'm, yeah. I'll get some money for it. I, yeah. I mean, that's the thing I think with like the right wing guys is that like, they are just so like what drives me nuts outside of like the hate and the bigotry and shit. What drives me the most nuts about these guys, especially the online ones are that they're just so severely disinterested in the world. Like they yeah. just have no curiosity at all. Like nothing about it. They're, they, they, they are, do not care. They do not care about finding out about anything. And that's why Matt Walsh is a hobby loser. He's a hobby <laughs> fucking loser yeah. because he doesn't have the one thing you need, which is intellectual curiosity. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. He's yeah. just not a curious person. And so it, but it was, it was so rewarding to finally kind of have like a, a hunch I've been on for, uh, <laughs> for a few years now, you know, really get confirmed. And the bees flying away thing was perhaps like the funniest thing I've ever heard. Like, and the dog doesn't like him. I assumed he just paid someone else eventually to take care of the bees or gave them away or whatever. But it's like and so my, much funnier to find out that like my he hypothesis just like at this moment is failed. I can't find the post because I, I couldn't find it on either of our profiles, knowing that we both had been interacted with it because I think it's been deleted yeah. and like masked. Oh man, because um, I can't find so anything bad. because it, I was when I started reading this was entirely convinced. The end was like, and that's why I'm divorcing him. And it oh, wasn't. Yeah. Like, and I it mean, wasn't. It was just like, oh my god. I mean, that's a whole another thing. Is is Look, just I'm like how his wife thought. His wife loser. thought she was like sharing this like funny ribbing of him, and it was like, dude, yeah. like your husband is a psychopath, dude. Like he is a loser, man. Like you, like why are you with this fucking like, loser? I, I am a loser, but I'm like, girl, you have to leave this man. This is well, he's, yeah, he's like mean spirited, stupid. My shrimp, my shrimp are alive. My shrimp will right, never yeah. die. I bought, I, a, I bought I, an, I bought a, 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 um, I bought a system to get my water ready to go, so I can make my shrimp continue to be alive. Like I'm. I'm ready for this. Oh, wait. Oh, no. Yeah, it is deleted. I see it now. Yeah, I see it. Yeah, deleted. Because I see a picture of my sweet fish tank. Uh, yeah. And, I, yeah, keeping fish not hard. Not I, hard. Like, I, not hard at all. I have, like, a, I have like I, a five-gallon jug, and every other week I fill my five-gallon jug with my water that is treated and prepared to not kill my shrimp. And I clean yeah. their water out, and I clean shit out, and I put more water in, and guess what? I keep having shrimp, baby. They're alive. Yeah, no, it's it's not. They're hard. pregnant very, as shit. My, very my shrimp are incredibly pregnant because I take care of them. Yeah. Well, where but, do we yeah, go from I, here? I think, I think uh, we got to get to the interview with Colin. You know what Guys, we are here with our buddy Colin. Uh, I believe Colin, you have taught both Dag and I. Uh, well, you've attempted to teach Dag and I how to play guitar uh, to make results. <laughs> I honestly only—I ended up using the lessons much more for harmonica, which is uh, you know. So at least That's I got fun. something. Yeah, I got yeah. something. For it, it's man, listen, it's like um, 
it's like in, in Hinduism how it's like every step towards like musical betterment is gonna get you to ultimate uh unification with a chromatic scale or something like that. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> the more the more music theory you learn, the more um, blues pentatonic ricks you can you can hit on any instrument yeah. on any instrument you can yeah. sit down and exactly you can the sickest blues riff that george throwgood ever heard yeah the the more convincing your blues stuff are your blues vocabulary is mm-hmm. when it's, it's backlogged and reinforced by pointless music theory Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's actually a cool well, type of guy like a guy who learns a lot about music theory and just like plays solos like steven seagal <laughs> <laughs> that's a great well, guy it has, like a, a great it has like a much deeper like underlying idea behind it because you know the yeah. guy you know the guy held so many ideas in his head and yeah. he played a sing- single note <laughs> yeah i mean there, there truthfully honestly is this kind of like music theory kind of like bell curve idea where it's like on one end you have this guy that's like i have no idea what i'm doing and this guy that's like frustrated and like getting in music theory arguments with his bandmates on the very tip of the of the curve and the other side he comes out with all the knowledge and he's like i have no idea what i'm doing mm-hmm. and is like totally <laughs> yeah. that. like truthfully i was at this i was at a jam in town, um, I live in Nashville for the um, listenership. Yeah, why don't you give us a little back? Yeah, what happens in Nashville? Yeah, as you hop, hop in yeah so I'm um I'm a professional guitar player in Nashville, Tennessee. I've I've been here since 2008. I would say like I played in some bands, but I started getting dollars for my guitar skills around 2013, so about 10 years ago. Um, and that entails lots of different things, like uh, including teaching. My buddies on the internet um blues blues positions on the neck and steely dan <laughs> songs um and so but i so i was i was at a jam within the past year at some point and there's this there was this cat playing uh playing keys and it was this kind of like neil soul mm-hmm. kind of like heady jazz adjacent jam just playing so much great shit like just all this real outside like chick korea sounding just like effortlessly on some like electric piano patch and i'm standing next to him and i'm like man like in between tunes i'm like man like he sounds so fucking great dude like like all the voicings are like fucking very killer and he looks up at me and really freaked me out because he was like man i'm just pressing buttons <laughs> and I was just like, oh man i kind of think you're not kidding for some reason i think you're like kind of telling the truth a little bit yeah <laughs> i mean yeah, I believe that honestly. I yeah, I really. Well, that's what's so hard about music is it's like, I think I remember when I was like trying to learn to play the banjo and I had a teacher and you know he's obviously very good and he you know you watch him play stuff and you, and obviously the banjo you're playing like a lot of notes at once. Yeah, and mm-hmm. you know I'm kind of like well like how like when you're like improvising something like what are you thinking and he's like i'm not really thinking about anything he's like i know the tune and i practice the tunes you know and but then he's like i've practiced things that i or i've like found things that i know work in certain places and so i'll be like oh well i could just stick that there today and does that Mm -hmm. and like that kind of was like a big eye-opening moment to me to be like 
Cause like for a long time I thought, yeah, like the guy playing the keys, like you're saying, is just like, like every note he's like, okay, I'm going to go to fucking a sharp now. And like, yeah. you know, and, yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then you realize like, oh no, it's just kind of like, you kind of just like these ideas start just like melding in your head. And like, yeah, yeah maybe sometimes you're not thinking like when I'll just like play a lick or something on the harmonica, like I'll know I'm in a spot. And then I'll like just muscle memory starts to take over. Yeah. <laughs> or you're like, yeah. you feel I yourself mean, being pulled up, you know? I mean, the harmonica is an easy yeah. instrument because there's not really wrong notes. But <laughs> no, I mean, you're not too far off. I mean, there's this pro- possibly misattributed quote that they say Charlie Parker said where it's like, you basically just like have to practice like really, really hard and then just like forget everything you practice and like just play mm-hmm. when you're like mm-hmm. in the moment and just playing and just kind of. Um, you know, kind of try to tap into some sort of kind of flow state where it's yeah. all the practicing that you've done it kind of gives you the muscle memory and the vocabulary to be able to improvise and, and string ideas together. Because, like, it's, you know, there's a lot of talk and music stuff about how it's, like, communication and, like, people use the word vocabulary a lot. And, mm-hmm. and, and you're totally right to where it's, like, in a conversation like this, you know, we speak English and we like, we're not having to labor over each word. Sure. And that I we're can, saying and I can or like where you're going with this even line of thinking. Right. Yeah, exactly. You're, you're even anticipating other people's thoughts and where other people, what are people mm-hmm. saying? There's a certain level of interaction and, and riffing, no pun intended that goes on, which I, I will say you two have very excellent co-host banter and riffing and it's, it's, uh, <laughs> the chemistry is 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 uh quite electric when i I'm to my, my two favorite hobby perverts and uh, i'm very very glad to be on here with y'all someday we'll in the die in, someday we'll all die in adam's gazoo corolla yeah yeah <laughs> hopefully don't that's worry, why don't i bought it. About it don't worry about it we'll yeah. i'll put it in my will to be buried in that thing Uh, (laughs) (laughs) but but yeah no very much i mean what you're saying that you know and i think we've talked we already talked about this before like it the like ten thousand hour rule like it very much ties into that right where like the idea that Mm -hmm. as a amateur chess player i look at every single piece and see where it is and then look at every single other piece as a Mm -hmm. english speaker who doesn't know another language fluently I can listen to Spanish and I can parse certain things and stop and think yeah. what they mean in my language. And there's even like, yeah. they've even looked at like fMRI and people that are like bilingual from before, like three to five years of age, La- like language, different mm-hmm. languages show up as activating the same area of the language and speech area. But like, if you have somebody who learned as an adult, then it's like two separate mm-hmm. areas. There's a Spanish area mm-hmm. and there's like an English area. Like the, you, you, yeah. you're literally communicating between two different databases to understand what these things mean, right? But mm-hmm. if you're, you know, an expert in these things, you are able to see forward and you are able to see through. So like as a musician yeah. who has a deep practice, right? Like that's the thing where like, you know, it's like Jerry Garcia was sitting at home playing scales all the time. And that's how he's the. Yeah. daughter remembers him so people are like wow how did he play that thing it's like because he's played that scale for longer than most people have played music 
And yeah. when he's playing a song in that key, he knows where he can go in every direction off of that. And it's the, it's mm -hmm. the same thing performing. And it's the same thing as looking at the chess piece as an expert and seeing the whole board and being like, this person's doing the Gibraltar gambit or whatever. I don't know what the fucking mm -hmm. chess gambit is. But like you can identify. Yeah, they're, they're, having their, uh, they're having their benzo hallucination out of the ceiling of how the chess piece is. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. Or whatever. Yeah, I think Some, that's... It's uh, it's like yeah. Oh, go ahead. Derek. No, I I, yeah, I, no, nothing. Oh. I was just gonna try to think of Minority Report and say it's like the precogs and Minority <laughs> Report. They're like freaking out and they're like, oh my god, the 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 key player who keeps nailing everything is like, oh my god, the bass player is about to get to the fifth. I can accentuate it with this chord. Like he's yeah. not, he's not really doing that, but he is. He does yeah. know it's yeah. going to yeah. get to that it's, it's, thing that he can it's accentuate. Almost, or, or, it, it's or honestly. I, I feel like when you're processing it in the moment, it almost happens so fast that like, yeah, it would take longer to like articulate having that thought than it would be to have the thought. Oh yeah. And, yeah. You know what I mean? And as you get better, your ear trains and you start to hear the intervals and like, you can yeah. naturally, like I feel myself like naturally reacting to the interval changes yeah. and stuff now, mm -hmm. yeah. but but I was going to say that that's a great point because I think a lot of people just in general with like hobbies and whatnot, uh, when they're getting into them, I think there's kind of this air of uh, like insurmountability and like, they're like, Oh, well, yeah. like it has to be that like the people who get to levels of doing certain things, like they, they're actively thinking about these things like so specifically. So, you know, continuously and i think most stuff like that you know it does amount to just like oh well you've done it for a long time and now you just kind of like react and you know how to start faster on stuff yeah. and you know how to break yeah. it down into pieces so much quicker uh -huh. because like you just you know you can recognize it and it's kind of like what you were saying with the bell curve it's like you, yeah i feel like when you start you're like i don't have any idea and you get really excited about everything mm -hmm. that you do figure out so because mm -hmm. like you know, you're figuring out something which is exciting yeah. and you get better. Oh. And then you get to this point where you're like, oh, well, how do I get to the next level? Because I've like learned yeah. about this. And then it's like, oh, well, now, like, yeah, this is the boring part. Well, no, I mean, you don't get the excitement anymore. Yeah. Like, yeah. A bit. yeah. Well, it, it, it relates. When I think about that, I think about discussions that you guys have had on the show about like cars and stuff like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Talking about like the various reasons, whether it's like, dad growing up like working in the in like the part shop or whatever or or, mm -hmm. or needing to work on your vehicles out of like necessity of like not mm -hmm. or not necessity but out of wanting to not pay a mechanic right you know what i mean like in there and and just the, just hearing the way that you guys talk about oh well it's this part and that part and well oh well someone came in well it was probably there or whatever mm -hmm. you know like there's literally a thing on you guys have that same kind of casualness and in that kind of breadth of knowledge from mm -hmm. years of in, in, in however many hours of, of putting the time into, yeah. into yeah. that thing, you know? And here's what that all boils down to, though, at the end of the day. Something like the Kawasaki KLR650 has a piece in it, a part, that you need to replace every three or two or three oil changes. It's literally called the doohickey. In every manual... <laughs> In every service manual, everything you look up, it's called the doohickey. So people that buy those, they come in and they're doing the oil change. And you're like, you know, you know, you're gonna have to change the doohickey, and they're like, the fucking what? You moron! Yeah. You're the per you're trying to tell me what I need to do. And you're like, you need to replace that O-ring gasket. 
and then yeah. you're going to need an oil filter and you need to replace the doohickey. But that's what they called it, right? And at the end yeah. of the day, then you have to drill down and be like, okay, like I'm an idiot. I'm definitely not smarter than a guy who went to probably assume, assuming a decent university in Japan and got yeah. a job at Kawasaki and, right. and created maybe the most indestructible motorcycle known to man. The KLR 650, if you don't know, is like an enduro motorcycle that is like military ass mm -hmm. spec, right? Like you can yeah. run it through the desert and enduro that shit and ride it to work every day. Yeah, but, yeah. But they just put a part in it that's called the doohickey, and that's through their technical riders and engineers that all ended at that, right? Like, yeah. And that's the and that's yeah. the great joke of it all, right? Like that's what all the conspiracy yeah. theory people are like, oh, they're laughing in our faces. And it's just like, well, maybe they are. But like at the end of the it's, day, everybody's just a fucking moron until you study something yeah. for for four years, until you yeah. spend countless years well, really? in the production trans you know, transmission production at the company and you learn every piece of a transmission and all the different types. It's like, it's so funny because there's such a guitar equivalent of that is to is to me of the doohickey is the humbucker. Mm. I remember being <laughs> that's like, everything. I remember like, being that's not a real thing. I, yeah, the humbucker is a real thing. The humbucker is no, like no. I thought you you're saying like you didn't think it was a real thing when you heard the word. No, like, no. So it was. I was like 13 or whatever. My dad like you know plays guitars. So like I always grew up around him playing. And then I have an older cousin that's maybe a year and change older than me. Shout out to Jackson if he hears this. Um, and I had this real, like, very, like, etched in my head memory. It was, like, Labor Day weekend or something like that. We were having, like, a cookout at my aunt's house. And Jackson showed up with his with uh, his dad's Ovation solid body. Shout out to the, uh, all the Ovation heads out there. Are they giving us any <laughs> for this? Did you, like, line up any financing or funding? We'll talk, we'll we'll talk after. I just didn't know, like, if how you were going to pay us for being on here. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you're dropping you're dropping all your fucking you're dropping all your sponsors your i know well the, the mind hey, palace that's that's more hey, emotional support whose strings do you use colin um i use elixir strings funny enough um anyways did i find those um pretty good i found those because well honest well this is a little tangent for the humbucker story but i i landed on them because honestly i started like doing like the professional gigs and in Nashville, there's this culture of playing, like, these crazy four-hour gigs. Mm -hmm. And I literally would put on, you know, the strings I was using previously. And I, I, I looked down a couple times, like, like you know, halfway through the gig, and I'm already rusting these strings. Wow. And so I started using name, name strings. Names. Out them. Nah, name you, names. You only name <laughs> You only name the positive names. You only name uh, elixir. Well, problem. this as a hobby as podcast, we can only recommend the highest quality strings that are not going <laughs> to rust on you in tootsies. And the humidity that leaches from the rancid Budweiser in the floors and the top level exactly. of tootsies. Just it's, why you, your instrument's going crazy. But you need yeah. strings that can withstand that, which I would say elixirs do. That's why you play elixirs, man. Oh, but um, I'm convinced. Anyways, <laughs> I had so I had this moment uh, where you know my cousin he's playing all these riffs on like he's playing like like Saint Anger just dropped so he's playing like Saint Anger on, <laughs> on the guitar through like this shitty like five watt practice amp with this ovation solid body it's a pretty hilarious memory. But where's the but six cycle hum? Well, there was none because he had a humbucker. Oh wow! How did he get how did he get rid of it? Well, see, I didn't even know the hum existed. I just heard him and my dad talking. My dad is a player. You know, I just heard you him use this word humbucker. It was gone. 
Yeah, exactly. Wow, I didn't even know that the, the problem had already been solved wow, before I even that's came how to. single single coil pilled you'd been to that point. I I, I didn't even know I was single coil pilled, wow. brother. What? So. <laughs> What 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 frequency do you tune to? Are you 440 or do you use? I see. I'm 440 because everyone else around me is 440. Okay. I'm a conformist. What? I don't even remember what the oh, other well, one. Oh, you're is. in a six. It's, yes, because you're in a six six society. Four thirty. You know, yeah, exactly. Your chakras are not aligned. What's like, the other one? They're not aligned. Four thirty two. They're not aligned. Four thirty two is like allegedly yeah. like the pre-Nazi tuning or whatever. <laughs> You know what I mean? They they say that that the Nazis made everyone start tuning to 440. I don't think that's true. I do think it makes. I do. Th- I mean, what happened at the Travis Scott thing? Playing in 440 <laughs> hertz, and what that's happened? True. It was demonic. Uh, people died, and people, people think di- it was demonic died. because of yeah. the skull, the the big head, and the skulls, and the lights, and the sound. I think was it was just the, the the tune to 440. Is yeah, all of, all of Mike Dean's synthesizers on. Um, on sicko mode, we're we're tuned to 440, and that's why there was the stampede or whatever. Wow! Yeah, Holy it's, shit. it's terrible. Oh, you heard it here, folks. Um, Elixir exposing the lies, exposing <laughs> the lies. Well, okay, so so Colin, all right, cool. He's canceled. We, Done. Yeah, we, we did it. Got his ass. <laughs> so we, got we, 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 we while we're having fun talking about humbuckers and satanic uh, tuning frequencies, uh, we. <laughs> We did want to ask you, you know, because because you have a hobby that you have monetized, uh, and we wanted to kind of talk to you about like how that ends up balancing, because you know, obviously, yeah. uh, the hobby perverts ethos is uh, is is kind of doing it not for money and for yeah. uh, enjoyment, mm-hmm. it, yeah, yeah, but yeah. Uh, but you you can uh, you can balance it as as I believe yeah. you're, you're going to tell us about it. Yeah. So my kind of. Um, my kind of outlet, because like when you do monetize something like that, it, it really does suck mm-hmm. kind of the essence of it or not the entire essence, but, but, you know, so when you, you do, do things something. for money, it turns into a job, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and there are times where you just kind of show up and, you know, you might as well, I, I uh, there was a, a bass instructor at the school I went to that said that, you know, sometimes you show up to a gig and you're basically just like making a sandwich at Subway on the gig. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It's like you're that interested and engaged in what's going on to where you're like, okay, they want the but you're still an artist. They want the, the ham and the mozzarella, and they want the uh, Dijon mustard on this for some reason. Okay, whatever, you know. But um, mm-hmm. so, so the way that I've have kind of found for myself to kind of recapture that kind of carefree you know, relation and enjoyment to music or a way that I have rather is I have, um, I've picked up the piano in the past uh, year or so. Very fun instrument. And it's it's, uh, a very fun instrument and it's, it's super great because I live in a town full of very talented piano players. Uh So I'm not going to, I'm, I, there's no way I'm going to (laughs) like talk myself into some gig that's above my head because any gig is above my head with like who the competition is as far as, like, actual credentialed piano players in this town. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to show up on one of the gigs that, like, I play guitar on at whatever <laughs> level I play guitar on. And like, hey, I can totally play keys on this gig, too. You know what I mean? Like, that's yeah. just, that's not going to happen. And I think that's and a very also, interesting specific piece of, like, music as a hobby. Like, or, or just yeah. art in general as a hobby, because it's, like, it, mm-hmm. it, but at least in music, where it is something where, like, it's entertainment at a venue, yeah. right? Where like sure. they, you know, like 
as a painter, there's not like, I mean, people, restaurants need murals and stuff, but it's not the same as like needing people to play a gig to get people to get covers. And so like, yeah. when you're playing music, there's a point where you like are like, holy shit, I just played every part of this at the drive-in song. I'm 13 years old. This is incredible. I just solved the world yeah. because I turned my uh, DS1 pedal on and played it as hard as I could. <laughs> but yeah. then there is also a point where you realize that like there's people that are in bands and there's stuff like that and they're learning and they're they're working through it and they're, you know, whatever. It's like if you want to see them live or not could be debated, but like they're doing it, you know, and mm -hmm. good for them. But then there's a point where you're like, yeah. holy shit, I cannot, I could not get up with this ensemble and just play jazz in this club for three hours. Couldn't yeah. even come well, close like, to doing that. That's like, kind of the wild. difficulty. That's kind of the difficulty of music as a hobby in a lot of ways is that you generally need other people to do right. it. Yeah. With. And, and that's where most that's people say. That's what's kind of cool. That's what's kind of cool about the piano is you don't mm -hmm. need another person to play piano yeah. generally. Um, yes. Because that was like that was what was like really hard for me when I was learning the banjo is it's like, okay, like, yeah, I learned a bunch of these songs, but at a certain point, the pra like the, the practice is going and playing with other people. Cause mm -hmm. it's like a shared tradition and it's like, right. I couldn't yeah. find anybody to play with, or, you know, in a lot of cases, like if you're playing guitar music or whatever, it's like, well, the people who do want to play are doing it specifically to make money like or that's kind mm -hmm. of their personal goal that they accept for themselves it's like oh we need to perform yeah. and getting paid would like validate this to me and it's kind of like yeah. it's harder to find people that are just like well, i want to dick around like and, and have yeah. fun and yeah. work on this yeah, yeah like the idea of of just dicking around and having fun with other people is just not even in my brain any longer it's been totally, <laughs> totally purged it's like no i'm not gonna come over and we're not just gonna like jam and just figure it out unless there's like a very specific like we're gonna we're practicing so we don't suck on this gig or we're practicing so that we can one day like present this this material in public yeah. and like be passable mm -hmm. and so but yeah it was like you're saying like the piano is like a very it can be a very like self-contained instrument, you know I mean? With both hands, like you really can, depending on what you're trying to do, you know, and, mm -hmm. you know, and I feel like I really do have like some parameters that are, are hemming me in, in, in a really, really good way for me. You know what I mean? Like, first of all, I have this, this electric keyboard that I bought from a friend of mine in the music community for like a hundred bucks on Facebook. Mm -hmm. And it just like, you know, and, you know, much less, like, not having the skill of, like, a working piano player, I also don't have, like, a $3,000 Nord with, like, right. you know, with, like, really good yeah. synth patches and, you know, dialed in and, like, really convincing organ sounds and yada, yada, yada. I have this, yeah. I have this Williams, you know, Legato 3 that sounds like it was a hundred dollars so like i'm not gonna like bring it out to like a, to a, like one of my wedding gigs <laughs> yeah. and like convincingly like be nailing sounds like i'm not gonna be like i'm not gonna get like the duo lipa levitating like you Honestly, know swelled kind of like patch on this thing the, you know what i mean the casio tone that i got from from 1984 from a ukrainian guy in the suburbs i would go out i would go out in public and play the harpsichord uh on that just straight yeah. up straight up and not even like di like not even do direct input just like play 
uh like set some mics up right right on the speakers on that thing and just let that thing let that thing rock (laughs) let it eat it's like like, it's like you know clapton (laughs) recorded layla and offender champ and i i go live right off the right right off the onboard speakers (laughs) well you you're bringing up an interesting point too colin with when you bring up like oh i don't have the nord i don't have Mm -hmm. you know it's like that is you know, the biggest failure for a lot of people who don't find some kind of fulfillment from playing music at some point right. is then mm-hmm. they just get into posting on the gear forums. And then they're like, yeah, Oh, well, exactly. I, don't, I can't really play the piano, but I do own a Nord. And so like, yeah. that's basically like being a piano player because I have the professional yeah. gear and yeah. I know what all the professional gear is. Mm-hmm. So that's like basically being competent, which is like a very strange, yeah. I mean, it happens in other in other hobbies for sure, sure. but i think like yeah. music is like a hundred percent like the base. oh 100 yeah 100 like, I, I don't know but it's but it's different from like if you just if you just like go golf right if you like golfing is your thing yeah. like some people might be like oh do you still golf but like if people heard that you play guitar once they're like oh you still play guitar right like it's it, like it, it's like more of an exciting thing right or like people are like oh yeah, yeah you like play drums right and you're like i like get drunk and play drums once every five years <laughs> like, yeah i don't play drums it's not who yeah I am. there's something there's something a little inherently subversive about the arts compared to like golf you know what i mean even if you're playing the most like well not as a leftist well, I, you know, i'm a rebel because i'm a i'm a leftist golfer so you know it is subversive okay to, my, commu- to my community you're just using i think you're plans. subversive like the act of golf is not subversive you are bringing yeah, your own no. he's Inherent subversiveness to to the game. You know what I mean? You're yeah. you're like John Daly out there. Mm-hmm. He's exactly. making it all right by okay. doing a land acknowledgement before every swing. <laughs> <laughs> that's why that's why his scores are so high because he's respecting the land that much. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god. Um, um. Yeah, no, it definitely is. Yeah, it is like I, a subversive kind of vibe. Yeah, but I think something. Yeah. And and by the way, Colin, you completely glossed over the fact that that you have done the music that I've used for the theme and also the transitions within the show yes. to this point. And the yes. reason for that is that I was supposed to record a guitar part, and I was listening to a bunch of John Schofield, and then you and I were doing lessons at that point. And I was, mm-hmm. and we like sketched out some movements because Adam wanted to play harp on something in D and we sketched something yeah. out and I, and it took me like two weeks and I got it to where I felt like I could maybe play one take worth of it. That was fine for 20 seconds. And then it was just like, all right, but it's 11 PM and I'm not turning my amp on, but I got the amp right. And then just never happened. Right. And so I was just like, Wait, are, right. are you pushing air dag? Is that what you're trying to tell me? Are you I pushing will. air? I will honestly, as much as as much as I love posting the, the no amp react in the in the in chat, um, I I mean the 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 Fender Crate Classic or the not the Fender Crate but just the Crate Classic Fifty. I mean, yeah. it sounds kind of good to me, honestly. Well, that's why the uh, that's why Doom, when Doom Metal had that moment, that's why I was like, this is my shot to get in because it was really just like, mm-hmm. oh, you just have to find the loudest crappiest am yeah and then you play very simple stuff and and uh everyone's like this is sick man this is fucking awesome and it was my brief moment getting to be you know in 
in in the uh in the guitar player club was and then yeah. you know nobody wants to hear doom metal anymore so I'm out, no, I'm no, out. No more. when yeah. they when they do decide they want to my band from 10 years ago will reunite and we'll uh yeah show. well i've been trying like i've been tr- like, you know, what's funny <laughs> is i've been like trying to find because i play in like a bar cover band right and yeah, play, yeah. like maybe one gig a month maybe every two months and it's fun and they let me yeah. they let me be adventurous like they're like the guys are cool about it. They're like, you can play harmonica in any song that you feel comfortable playing. And so, like, oh, yeah. it's led to me getting to do, like, cool stuff. Like, I play this fucking wild stuff on uh, Wicked Game by Chris Isaac. Like, okay. Just, like, yeah, that's, I, Brooks's, oh, that's Brooks's karaoke I've started gigging with the Nux now. I gig with the Nux okay. as well now. So I dial up the jazz chorus, put a shitload of reverb and delay and whatnot on it and do like swells and crazy shit. And it's fun. But yeah, so I've been trying, you know, I want to do something a little bit more artistic, I guess, you know, and I've been trying to get people to be like, hey, like I want to play harmonica and kind of like, you know, and all them witches type kind of stoner blues metal thing. And everyone's like, dude, you're smoking crack. Like, no, I don't want to do that. And I'm like, that's that's like a huge bummer is it's like it's so hard to find. That was a big part that took me out is that music. I feel like in a lot of ways, like if you want to do interesting things, you basically had to have kept doing it since high school. And you have the same friends who kept up with you. And they're like willing yeah. to put up with ideas like that. Yeah, and then, but if you lose those people, you have to move to Nashville, or you know, <laughs> yeah. you, have to, you have to move to New Orleans. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah, you have to move to like a place where well, there's that's what like that makes me sad. Like, so like I, like I love Tortoise and the C and Cake and all the like peripheral Chicago acts that come out of that, right? And yeah. that's like very much like when I listen to that music, like people think like, oh, everyone in Chicago just like likes Wilco. It's like, yeah, man, but like Tortoise and the Sea and Cake, those fe- those are like the places other than like Footwork, um, or like House <laughs> that make me go, God damn it, this fucking city will last forever. Like, like that the- Killer Juke playlist that you sent me, dude. Yeah, that, that thing that, that thing revitalizes me every time I listen to it. Yeah, yeah, but like when I hear those things, I'm just like, I will never leave Chicago. This is the fucking best place on the earth. Um, yeah, but like all those bands, like they, it's just like everybody had three or four side projects and they were all good, but it was like, mm-hmm. it's yeah. like a group of like 12 people tangentially and they're making incredible music. But like when people are like, Oh man, you know, like the, the Olympia Washington scene, man, like post hardcore, everything that happened there is just like, it, you know, it was not that many people, <laughs> you know, yeah. but, and they were all hanging and they were all hanging out like God next, like next and not even next month, just in a couple of weeks, like we get to see unwound, you know, and it's just, mm-hmm. just people that yeah. stayed together, you know, I don't know, but I, yeah. but at the same time, it's like, I, I didn't know. Or it's like the two of you in the past couple of years. The bear are basically the same band, but they couldn't sound anything more unlike each other. You know, well, I guess like if you pulled it back and looked at it, yes, they are kind of similar, but like, mm-hmm. you know, to the, to, to most people, like if you played those two bands, like back to back, they would be like, that's not the same people. And you'd be like, well, you know, it's just, a, it's like six guys who apparently are just like, well, I got this different idea. Like, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> let's just start another thing. Let's just do another yeah. thing. Yeah. And why not? But yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that's been a huge difficulty of like the music hobby is it's like navigating, finding people like on that same wavelength right, as you. Right. And like, 
like I said, like, it's difficult to be like, you know, like lots of people like are like, I'm trying to make this my career or mm-hmm. I have illusions that that's the important part of playing music. And, yeah. you know, and they're just like not willing necessarily to just like kind of yeah. like have kind of more of like what I would call like kind of a folk tradition, even though, you know, because mm-hmm. You know, my we we I, I'm not going to waste everybody's time going into my nine hour rants go, on like how folk music is like. Do it. Earth, let's, let's go. Like the earth go. thing. Yo, but like, Doc Watson know. ripped because they didn't have a fiddle player and his ass learned how to play fiddle tunes on guitar and that's sick as shit. <laughs> yeah. And that guy fucking ripped because he was just going to the fucking function. Well, Did we still say that he was he was going to the function yeah. on Friday let's and Saturday up. nights? on the side of the fucking mountain and he just fucking ripped his blind ass ripped harder than anyone you ever want to fucking hear. Cause he's playing well, fucking man. fiddle parts. Sick. I think, Insanely sick. I think like, I guess to boil my theory down is it's like, I think what I call folk music encompasses a lot of things. And, but like kind of yeah. the general idea is that people either through like the way technology worked or just the you know punk scenes in the 80s just the way the world worked or yeah. you know hip-hop as well it's like it was people being like oh well i want to hear this sound there's no way for me to do it mm-hmm. other than to just play it myself and exactly. and i think and you know and especially like the you know what i guess like the you know record label genre folk is you know doc watson or whatever those people very much like anybody you listen to on folkways or whatever, like those guys were like, would be like, well, I, I haven't like paid, played for money my entire life. Like, and they're like 80 years old. And these people are like, mm-hmm. Oh, well, we got to record you for like history reasons. And it's like, yeah. you know, and, and you know, those guys weren't like, those guys just did it because they're like, well, I just fucking like music, man. And how else am I supposed mm-hmm. to fucking listen? To there's mm-hmm. no, there's no electricity out here to play radio. Sure, yeah. <laughs> like, and they didn't have posts, know? right? Like, they had, they had, they yeah, had no unfortunately, no post. Yeah, yeah. Posting yeah. is is what killed folk music, I guess. If you wanted to hear, <laughs> yeah. if you wanted to hear incorrect opinions about politics and sports, you had to go to the bar. Exactly. You see shit that's wrong all day long. Yeah, but no, yeah, you, you do. You do yeah. kind of a point there. I mean, it's like if I want to hear, if I want to hear a real lost chord on the piano, I mean, I could go listen to a record, but like, I also now have the ability to just plop my fingers down and play this yeah. real harsh drop too. You know what I mean? Just how harsh? Own, how harsh you want it, man? I can give you that that flat nine sharp eleven. Do they, that, that's, they teach that at Belmont. <laughs> No, you gotta you gotta actually go listen to the records for that shit. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, you, you gotta yeah. be part of the folk tradition to play oh, chords that that fucking insane. Yeah, yeah. Take, yeah. take, take them to church, Colin. Um, that's yeah. forbidden knowledge. Yeah, they don't teach that in the in the woke academy. No, no. no <laughs> the, the woke, how woke, how woke is Belmont? How woke is Belmont? Yeah. Belmont is so woke that you can't even smoke cigarettes on campus anymore. Okay. Well, is that because they're is that because they're churning out like commercial majors that are doing praise band or is that because they're white? <laughs> that's a good part of it okay. i think it's i think they're trying to lure in the parents of future praise band majors got it okay if i had to guess yeah cool you know what dad, I mean? dad who has a 12 string 
mom who yeah. has a well, I mean, yeah, yeah. That's really funny you bring that up too, though, because like I would say probably one of the more organic musical experiences yes. of my life was playing in worship band in yeah. church in high school. <laughs> like, yeah. you know what I mean? I like, mean, I mean, like those were like the dudes who were just like, yeah. I mean, they obviously were like, I love music and God, but yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that was how they worship you, their God, you know, and it's, you know, that's I was willing I, to put up with it. Like, have yeah. you guys seen the TikTok? It's like this, this, there's a, this woman's trying to watch TV in bed and like her husband's sitting at this keyboard, this electric keyboard, and he's got headphones on, but you can hear yes. it from the bed. And he's just like, he's fucking slay. You can hear it through the headphones. He's fucking slay. He's like stomping his foot. Oh, yeah, like he's real stomping hard. his foot. Like, so the house is shaking. He's slaying. And she's just like, Gerald. Gerald, what the fuck are you doing? He's like, huh? He's yeah, like, go to the basement. And she's like, she's like, that's I, I can hear that. And he's like, no, you can't. And he like, he like takes the headphones off and plays a like plays a key. But it's just like that dude mm-hmm. was fucking slaying. And he, but he's like a yeah. he's like a praise band leader. You know what I mean? But he yeah. was like, if I heard that shit, you know, and there was some guitar or something with that, I'd be like, these guys are fucking going for it, man. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's kind of like what you were saying uh, a little bit ago, Adam. Is like kind of one of the big issues of music as a hobby is that mm-hmm. it's just hard to find people. And so if you yeah. have, you know, I feel like it would be very cynical for me, for me to do this as someone like that's not a Christian anymore and kind of my relationship to that and kind of how I was raised around it. But mm-hmm. for someone that like is still in that tradition or any religious tradition, I mean, that's obviously like a very easy solution to that problem mm-hmm. is like, Oh yeah. Praise man, you know what I mean? Like, like I mean, I know so many people. Like, I came up doing like youth praise band stuff. Like, I played. I the the very my very first like music experience of playing with other people was like I was in like seventh or eighth grade. I hadn't even like really started playing guitar yet. I was like playing drums, and there's this like older kid. I was in like seventh or eighth grade. He was maybe in like tenth or eleventh grade. And he could play some guitar and some piano, and he had this, like, electric drum set. And so he would bring this horrible electric drum set to youth group every Thursday. Yeah. And he would play, like, electric guitar with way too much distortion. And, like, the youth leader's wife would, like, play acoustic and sing. And that was, like, the first ever, like, band or whatever that I was in. You know, and and I learned, honestly, that same church. Like, I mean, I grew up watching my parents play church music, like, my whole life. But particularly Mm -hmm. at that church... There was another husband and wife that did it, and I think the the woman maybe had like a little bit of like a little bit of like an independent country career at one point, but they were yeah. just kind of doing the church thing right now. And I learned how to sing background vocals from like listening to dude harmonize with her. You know what I mean? It would be just like him playing piano and both of them singing. And then eventually that expanded to where he was doing like um, you know, like he was doing very, you know, early backing tracks, like backing tracks in like 2003. You know what I mean? Like, like that, you know, level of technology of backing tracks or whatever. Yeah. And, um, and I feel like he had like a studio and did like other gigs and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. I mean, that was my real exposure to, um, oh, yeah. you know, like, like I saw my dad playing like electric guitar, like in praise bands. And I was like, five years old you know what i mean mm-hmm. like so if yeah that's definitely a way to kind of square the circle a little bit yeah you know what I mean? as far as like solving that problem well, of community which if you're not religious yeah kind of leaves you in the lurch a little bit yeah. you know what well, I mean? that's what i was kind of thinking as you were talking about this is it's kind of like you know i mean obviously 
people all, you know, on the right usually are the people saying, you know, saying this kind of stuff. It's like all like liberals are trying to like destroy these like traditional institutions of community. And like, they are correct in in a lot of ways. Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, they're obviously wrong about the intentions, but like, (laughs) you know, kind of, you know, the alienation of like neoliberal capitalism has like degraded a lot of like community institutions Mm -hmm. that people leaned on through various means. Um, And, you know, not to be kind of the dorky Reddit guy that says stuff like this, but it is like, it is like when people say like, oh, they need to have like secular church. It's like, well, yeah. Okay. I don't think we need to go. We need summer clubs. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, we do need to, I think we do need to, like, encourage these kind of, like, community bonds where, yeah, like, people can have these non-threatening spaces to, like, explore music with each other and have some other people enjoy it Mm -hmm. it, it, and, like, convene in that way. But also not have it be, like, a Tampa Bay, uh, Treasure Island, like, drum circle fire pit. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Something more, something that's between sorry i'm very yeah i'm very not (laughs) spiritual so i'm not gonna try it yeah i'm i'm fine with Mm -hmm. no spirit i don't want any spirituality in my in my community institution yeah we're singing songs to science yeah in in adam's world here (laughs) yeah yeah no i know i think that's obviously like the drum circle thing that you're bringing up is obviously like kind of a weird kind of you know i don't want to say it's weird it's, it's weird to me because i'm a cynical you know unpleasant person i was 17 and high on a weed brownie once and i was like this is sick these guys are yeah. fucking drunk I mean, this is really yeah, sick these people are <laughs> it's like my They're but my really like hurt, my body it. was vibrating yeah. <laughs> but yeah you know it's like I, I yeah you i mean that's what you see people like like calling out for it is is like well i want to have like I, I want to have these kind of like I I, I don't want to call them spiritual, but you, you, I'm going to use it as shorthand. Yeah, like yeah, I want sure. kind of spiritual. I want these spiritual like outside of words experiences with other yeah. people. Yeah. And that's you know obviously yeah. so much of what I think enchants people about playing music is like mm-hmm. you're blown away that you can kind of like invoke emotion and like yeah. feeling uh, without words. Yeah. And, and and yeah, I, I, yeah, we need to come up with some kind of place for that i mean it's a it wrestling is exciting. it's just a wrestling show it's exciting to see like the kids get like these like rock camps and stuff now because that mm-hmm. we never had anything like that when i was a kid yeah, yeah yeah but like i mean it is it does suck that they're like also now you know like they're it's just private lessons for like, yeah. you know like yeah. i mean, don't like, don't hate on private lessons too bad i'm here trying to hustle a little bit too bad. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, but it's like it's like it, it is weird it becomes that, like, a privileged thing Right. That is yeah. a lot too. Is like people's mm-hmm. exposure to music is through like, is through like band or orchestra in school, yeah. and that doesn't create any sort of lasting bond because like people aren't mm-hmm. like, and once they're out of school, it's like I can't do that anymore. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you can. My wife, my wife plays in a community orchestra sometimes, and just to keep it going, because yeah. she wants. And, to and when you're a kid, and that's it for you, like your experience and what that is is so dependent on the quality of your instructor. And like yeah. not having some creep band director that's trying to sleep yeah. with the teenage girls. Yeah, there are a lot of those. But, yeah. but also, yeah. there's like the, <laughs> like the experience I had was that like she was writing out the cowboy chords of the radio hits that I liked: Eagle Eye Cherry, uh, Everclear, yeah. like Eve Six, Buff all the cherry. stuff that was on the 
No, it wasn't Buck Cherry. Uh, there's the cassette recording of my dad, my stepmom, and I playing uh, Eagle Eye Cherry Save Tonight, and I'm doing vocals, but I couldn't play my Dan Electro bass and sing at the same time, so the vocals just drop every <laughs> every mm -hmm. other verse. You um, didn't you didn't have the Eric from The Sopranos playing bass while him and Meadow are practicing their songs for choir <laughs> drops at the time. No, no, I wasn't I wasn't slaying like that. Um, but. You were about to get your Jeep taken by your dad for giving the cheerleaders a ride across the football field. Well, no, AJ, AJ lost his Nissan because he idled it over a pile of leaves and the leaves caught on fire. And Tony said, well, I told you never to park on top of things. Whoa. It's like, who fucking thinks about parking your truck on top of leaves? Like, who the f never fucking heard that in my life? And I'm from yeah. a place where people love their fucking trucks. Some and, new and some New Jersey guy and knows leaves. that? Bullshit. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, we, we love leaves in Central Illinois. Oh, yeah. Big, oh, big on leaves. Yeah, Some of my huge. best memories were just cultural, rolling around Cultural institution. Fuck. Yeah, cultural institution. Like, maples, yeah. are, maples are not great sturdy trees to have in your yard, but boy, oh, boy, do they make some leaves. God damn yeah, it. Oh, yeah. Leaves. Um, well, well yeah. oh, yeah, go ahead, Dag. I think we're yeah. on the same tip here. Colin, we, we, we really got to just talk about this, this theme, though. Right, you keep you keep about the what? talk about the theme. The oh, the song. theme, yeah, yeah. So well, so so the, so the whole thing is that, right? We I we I asked you to do it. I asked you if you'd come up with something, right? And the idea was you'd come up with something. I'd send it to Adam. Adam would play harmonica on it, honk on it, and then we would honk on Bobo. We would we would get it cleaned up, mixed down really massage yeah. the shit out of it and it would sound perfect mm -hmm. but then i was like but that's gonna take forever i don't fucking care let's just get this going and mm -hmm. just give me whatever sketch and then you're like well here's my voice memo vocal sketch singing the and yeah. i'm just like okay huh well that's actually funny that's the yeah. that's the theme right like and then from mm -hmm. there we'll just keep adding to it like so either like you'll yeah. add something to it or adam will finally play a harmonica on it or we'll find somebody else to play something mm -hmm. on it and we'll just keep messing with it just to keep yeah. it being a project and so now that's, yeah. that's yours you own that that's not my problem that's your song. oh it's it's ours it's no, it's 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 no, everyone's no, problem it's the bugs <laughs> i'm gonna make your problem dag i'm gonna make your problem it's been delegated <laughs> everyone it's, it's everyone's, yeah. it's, uh, everyone's well, it's, the, the, the theme is, is really such a, a, a nice example of kind of what I enjoy about the piano. Cause it's like, I have, I have like way more knowledge of like, just how like the instrument theoretically works, like all the theory and the harmony and stuff behind it than your average yeah. beginner. But I have that same lack of any, you know, physical capability on the instrument right and so it's like i know just enough on the piano to be obnoxious but not <laughs> enough to be like actually useful and i kind of enjoy that and, there, and there's this kind of um there's this book um called flow that i read that's about like about yeah. getting into that state of just, like that i think any hobbyist yeah, yeah, that guy, the Mahali, then he has some real untenable Eastern European last name Chester that ends Mahali. with like a YI. I spent six years it's, studying it, psychology. I got you, trust Yeah, he, well, he's the University of Chicago guy. So, um, uh, but anyways, yeah, he you talks about this about stuff from those people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, tell me about it. Like the psychologists are fine, the economists, yeah. or the economists, don't have to, not so don't much. have to pay attention. Sorry. Yeah, um, it, but so, but yeah. he talks about like the flow state, which I think that like, 
hobbyists are kind of whether they're aware of it or not that's kind of what they're mm-hmm. chasing after is they're, they're chasing right. after this kind of state of focus and, and he talks about like this kind of like imagine like an x-axis and a y-axis like a graph like that and on, mm-hmm. on one end is like your your skill and proficiency at the thing and on the other end i don't know which one is x which one's y i don't i don't do i do music math not skill, actual math skill goes math, up you know? and, skill goes up and down and like difficulty yeah. goes left and right so yeah exactly on, exactly on y, difficulty on x and it's all okay. about riding that perfect sweet spot in the middle of all those because if something is too difficult and you don't have the skill to do it you're gonna be discouraged and not want to do it. And if something's not difficult and you're overskilled, you're just gonna be bored. Yep. And so it's yeah. about finding things within hobbies, whether it's playing piano and going, okay, what weird synth thing can I add to my buddy's podcast theme that like I'm gonna get a kick out of because it sounds weird as hell. You know what I mean? It's about finding that like perfect line of something that's like within my capabilities. Like, yeah, I can play these weird these weird triad pairs that I can conceive of in my brain for like, you know, four seconds <laughs> and then just copy paste it and, and put it, you know, and repeat it. You know what I mean? That's like right in the sweet spot of like the skill and difficulty that I possess. You know what I mean? I know enough to know that like over a D, if I play a D triad, an E triad, um, an A flat triad and a B flat triad, I'm going to get this real, I mean, like one of the, one of the keywords that dad gave me of, of, of conceiving the theme was you want it to be perverted, you know what I mean? Just like real pervy sounding. Like he sent me the, the Ren and Stimpy theme and he's like, kind of like this. Like, what okay, happened yeah. with the guy who started Ren and Stimpy, but yeah, yeah we, won't, we won't talk about Very that. Very perverted. Yeah. Not yeah. Perverted. And, he's and so like, just this kind of like, kind of smug like kind of like the face of like the mad magazine guy like imagine that guy behind like a piano playing you know what i mean like that channeling that kind of thing and doing like obnoxious triad pairs i said Schofield. yeah you you did say Schofield. so you kind of reverse engineered from your knowledge just to a place that you could feel interested about the instrument yeah in a way like, like i'm not interested in like Learning how to play Don't Stop Believing on Piano. Keep in mind, this guy but taught I, me how I, to play Deacon Blues piano chords on guitar. Yes. So. Yes. Yeah, from the guy that told you to do that. I'm not interested in learning how to play, you know, like, these classic piano parts that piano players on gigs that I'm on have to play. Yeah, like, I'm not interested yeah. in learning uh, Dancing in the Moonlight. I'm not interested in learning that whole mm-hmm. intro sequence. I am interested... And okay, how do I play this weird chord in my head? You know what I mean? And I and I know enough of like how the notes fit together and and of in logical ways to lay them out in two hands where I can just plop. There it is. I, I enjoy the sound of that. You know what I mean? And so my practice when I play piano is I honestly just kind of go through like jazz standards that I that I know. Mm-hmm. And that like I can play on guitar. And I just kind of try to like plomp plomp the chords like i'm not even worried about like how how could i work this up to play this in front of someone like how mm-hmm. can i work this up to where i'm doing the melody in the right hand and like accompanying on the left hand or like soloing on the right hand and accompanying myself on the left hand i'm just like not i'm not interested in getting to that level on the piano if i'm being entirely honest like mm-hmm. like my i just enjoy it because i don't have that expectation of myself with that mm-hmm. you know what i mean like i don't have 
And that's it. Like, like when I was a kid learning guitar, I was like, I need to learn how to play this Metallica song. Like I want to get inside this and understand this on this instrument. And I don't really like have that same feeling on the piano. And it's like very liberating in a way. You know what I mean? Cause, cause like, like I was saying before, like when you, and probably not, you know, (laughs) how much Glassberg are you listening to? What amount of Glassberg are you listening to? <laughs> you see, that's that's what's going to get me canceled is my is my rants about everyone listening to too much Robert Glassberg. Um, <laughs> but um, so, but but anyways, like it's I stopped recording by the I, way. I, I get I get pleasure just out of no, just because you said yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, it was, that was bait, is what that was. Like, why? We need have because we need to have a conversation. <laughs> Yeah, he needs he needs some clickbait headlines out of uh, out of this episode <laughs> that that get me canceled yeah. in real life. Um, but you know, just like you know, I have the the skill and like just being able to like chord my way through some tunes or like mm-hmm. like I either practice standards or I'll practice like Beatles songs or like Dylan songs. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And like just enough to where I can play them and maybe sing if I wanted to. But also if I don't want to, that's fine too. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's like. I don't know. I, I get I get joy out of the simplicity of doing that for mm-hmm. no expectation and for no external pressure mm-hmm. at and all. What is that? You know what I mean? what does that no, on the other side feel like? As like say, uh, learning a solo piece to like play at you know a gig. Yeah. Um. Like 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 on the on the guitar. Like yeah. like compared to like. Um. Well, on the guitar, it's it's almost like. At this point, and I, I really have tried to unwork this mentality, but it's very easy to to get in this headspace where it's like my whole identity of who I am as a person is on the line based on how this performance thing goes. You know, on on how well I'm able to do my job. Like, like this, like people's perception of how well I can show up and play guitar solo over Sweet Home Alabama at a bar is going to determine if they call me to come and play the gig next week. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's you know my ability to come up and play and so, an hour of so like guitar. What's, what's the difference in practicing that versus? Um. Well, it's it's hard to say because I'm definitely I'm not all the way at ten thousand hours, but I'm like a couple mm-hmm. thousand in. So like at this point, yeah. it's not so much. That's not really the stuff I practice anymore. Like the solo guitar kind of stuff is more of what I practice. But like, yeah. But again, that's that's even more to like maintain a good spot on that skill and difficulty axis to keep me interested in mm-hmm. and keep doing it. You know what I mean? Sure. Um, and that and you know and you know I, I dropped out of music college. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. so I really like it, you know a couple of days after signing the papers, you know I'm at home and I'm like, okay, I need to like still keep up with this instrument and still find ways to like be pushing myself and just cause I'm not in school and in a classroom and in my private instructions with this mm-hmm. guy that played with Chet Atkins anymore. I still need to find a way to like push myself and like progress yeah. on this mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I think that like, you know, and in that book too, like, like they talk about, it's not even just hobbyists. Like they talk about like, like Olympic athletes, you know, all mm-hmm. the way from like Olympic athlete to some guy on an assembly line. That like just gets enjoyment out of like making his process at his whatever job he's working at for 20 years and making mm-hmm. his process slightly more efficient or finding mm-hmm. some slightly 
you know, new and interesting way to do something or to like make some kind of challenge in this otherwise monotonous thing that he does every day. And not for any incentive, but just for the kind of whatever satisfaction that you derive out of being in that sort of flow state, you know? That reminds me of something beautiful I saw today, which is my friend showed me something that he did for work where they had him edit something and he put a baby fart in the middle of it. Nobody will ever know except for me and the other person he showed. And I know that. And other people will see that and it'll play on whatever they hear this thing on and it'll be a baby fart, but they won't know. But I do. <laughs> like, that's awesome. You do. No, I mean, we, I think it's good. we, we, that's a good spot to, yeah, to wrap it up. I mean, yeah, we've been, we've been going forever. Before um, you put your ba- baby fart in after Colin's inspirational talk. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Thanks. You're, you're welcome. <laughs> honestly. We've covered, covered the whole, the whole gambit. Covered the whole yeah, gambit. Yeah. And, yeah. Well, Colin, do you have uh, anything you want to share with uh, the audience? Uh, things you're working on that they might be interested in, or anything like that? Um, you see, that's kind of like the curse of of my profession is that I'm I'm perpetually doing other people's things. Right. You know what I mean? I don't have very much to claim of my own as of yet. I, you know, I'm I I do have aspirations of getting out there and playing some jazz stuff but like yeah like it's, it's i've i've almost desensitized the instrument to where i'm like just a roofer showing up at work i mean you're, you're, recorded, you're recorded this stuff <laughs> that, you, that you arranged a little while ago right yeah i have um you know i i, I post on instagram on youtube just some arrangements of some jazz tunes that i do and stuff where, like that here. where can they um, find you, you? You can find me on Instagram. I am at Colin, C-O-L-I-N, Poulton, P-O-U-L-T-O-N. I think that's my YouTube as well. Um, I play with a, a couple artists that, like, actually do, like, original music in town. Um, one is called Dinzy, and she is an absolute powerhouse of a vocalist. Um, you know, kind of more of a modern kind of... Um, in Wilson, like from heart, like that kind of powerful operatic high soprano rock vocal. I've been playing with her. I met her like through like downtown, like the wedding band circuit, whatever. And, you know, we've been like writing some songs together and playing together since like 2018 or so. So um, you can look her up. Dinzy Rock is kind of how you find her online. D-I-N-Z-Y. And so we play around the Nashville area and we've recorded some tunes and we're writing some more material material right now and we're figuring out recording some other stuff we've written and, and releasing that then i've also been playing with this cat stevie redstone a little bit so you can look him up on the socials as well and um and he's cool he's um in a guitar town he is an actual piano player mm-hmm. and a piano like songwriter guy and mm-hmm. i think just by default that makes him pretty unique for for artists here in nashville that is and so um, we have a few things on YouTube that we recorded over the summer, some like video stuff. Yeah, that sounds really good. A couple records out really when he was well. in LA. Yeah, shot really well. The band's really great. It's yeah, the kind of really good. it's kind of it's you kind of the great, opposite. And you have a great cut. Yeah, you have a pretty There's good a fucking cut on there. Pretty good cut. The tune "Part Time Preacher" is probably one of my favorite things yeah. I've recorded in town. Yeah, if you, I can tune yeah, you, yeah, you ripped on that. Yeah, thank you, brother. Let, but um, let it's, him it's, cook. <laughs> it's it's he lets me cook, man. I even talked to him one time because like really I didn't like let you cook on that shit. <laughs> he let me cook, man, and um, you know, I even talked to him one time. So I was like, hey, man, like, because he made a couple comments, like, just in rehearsals, like, hey, man, you're like, yeah, you like, you know, I was just ripping. We do extended solos sometimes, and 
I was ripping and getting into my kind of shreddy shit. He's like, yeah, man, you fucking ate your Kellogg's this morning. And I was like, <laughs> after the fact, like, hey, man, like, if I'm ever, like, playing too much or whatever, like, please let me know. Like, I'm not trying to detract and, like, make it all about that necessarily if that's, like, not, like, what you're hearing in your head. And he gives me carte blanche to, to do my thing. And to yeah, that's very sick. Let me use. Why not? It, yeah, it's, Why not? it's super cool, man. Yeah. So um, so yeah. we play around Nashville as well. And, um uh, we have those tunes on YouTube. He has some records too from when he lives in LA. Just a great songwriter. Just really, really cool stuff. And really are cool you stuff. are you taking new students? Or are you? I am. I am perpetually how, taking new students. How, do, how does somebody get in contact with you to get guitar lessons? Oh, you are just plugging me in all the right ways. I wouldn't think to do for myself. Um, you get plugged? <laughs> I, know, I can get in my card. You can get plugged. <laughs> <laughs> you can go to www.colinpolton.com. There's a tab for lessons, and there's a little form there you can fill out, and that will get you in touch with me. I have forms, dude. You got to have a form. Why does our guitar teacher have a form, brother? Dude, because you can Google things about WordPress very easily in this day and age. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just use Google. Yeah, get SEO, SEO optimization. Uh, Something like that. Yeah. I don't know what that is. I know that's a thing, but I don't know what that thing means. That's like a humbug. <laughs> yeah. I can't tell so, anybody because then I'll lose my job. I can't let too many people know what that is. So yeah, if anyone yeah, can do yeah, it, then right. I can't yeah, get paid. Yeah. yeah. So, but yes, if you want to learn your pentatonic scales all across the neck in all 12 keys or um, or how to play Steely Dan piano chords on the guitar mm-hmm. or really kind of whatever you're into, you know, how to play the drop strings. me a line. I teach, I teach virtually. Yeah. I got, a, I got a video doing some numbers on YouTube of me breaking down the, uh, the lick from dust in the baggie with Billy strings, which we all, oh, like. there you go. he thinks we have yeah. a look follower group. You gotta say yeah. on your. You, I feel like you, all the guitar guys are like. I can teach Nashville number system. Like I feel he like can. that. You, that's he a can. big, big one you have to put in. Yeah. I can't teach like, Nashville. Like, that, take, See, like that takes very, like that takes very long to learn. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Well, they don't find out. Come find out for me how long it takes to learn. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? But I mean, that's just it. Is I I can play, but I have I have zero sense of marketing or, or anything like that. Yeah. Which is something I can. Well, sucks. I gotta fill that in. You know what I mean? But um, but yeah. Cool. So I. A cost available for that, available to fly guitar tracks and write weird, quirky music for, yeah. for your own podcast. Keep an eye you know out. I mean? Keep an eye out. Yeah. Keep your eye open for this on the podcast. The uh, the theme will be updated to be Colin's theme. So enjoy Colin's theme. You will hear yes. all of it. And again, it is iterative. Each time you hear it and it sounds like a new version, it's, it is because somebody just did something to it. Well, it's a very funny joke to Dag and I. That's a funny, it's a different thing every time. Yeah, no, I literally texted him. I was like, hey, look, this is really funny to me, but I don't know if it's funny to any, literally anyone else. But what if you just made a new theme for us every week, uh, which now you feel like is a chore, but I think you're having fun. So once you stop, I think having, it, I think you stop pretty... having fun, just like blink three times and we'll know. But otherwise, we're just, yeah, once I start, like I said, you own it. You're the music fun. director of the Hobby Purpose podcast. Once I stop having fun, that's when Adam has to come lay down some harmonica. That's when we. Uh, okay. That's when we. Pass <laughs> that on that to, makes it easy for me. Okay. <laughs> that's when we pass. That's when we pass on to one of our friends for the harsh noise remix of the. Oh, of the yeah, yeah. yeah we're gonna once we get when, there's a certain point where we'll just turn this over to Theo and just let him run it yeah. run it through his pedal synth, and then maybe we can get uh, Nicholas to play on it and Alex or somebody. But yeah. um, well, Godspeed. Yeah, 
Thank you, everybody. Yeah, we'll get to Matt. Good to yeah, see we'll you, man. Over... Good to see you all, too, dude. Good to see you all, yeah, too. We'll Matt, get over we to can... Matt for the, uh, for the house remix. Yeah, Nashville, Matt can lay us down some acid. Some acid house on it. There we go. Yeah, there we go. God bless, everybody. Be well this week. Right, Take care of Be yourself. Well.